When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The contrast between semi-naked and distressed. I think distressed <laughs> might be a nice way to describe a pair of jeans, but possibly not a cape. Welcome back to the Bait Down podcast. This is Josh Landy, founder of Bait with a Legend, the company that gives you the chance to bake alongside former contestants from the great British Bake Off. Now, I wanted to let you know that I'm handing the presenting reins over the series to the brilliant Sarah Taylor, who many of you will know from hosting hundreds of online classes over the last couple of years. Um, Sarah is joined this week by Dan Beasley-Harling and Jane Beadle. And the legend that is Howard Middleton will be joining them in future weeks. Now, we absolutely want your interaction this series. So please do send us an Instagram message to at bakewithlegend or email us thebakedown at bakewithlegend.com with your thoughts on the series, baking questions or anything else you want to tell us. And we'd be delighted to hear from you. Now, you may have heard us mention it on our last podcast when we previewed the series, but we are once again teaching you the technical or signature challenge every single Sunday at 5pm UK following each episode airing this series. And you can sign up for all 10 classes at a special discounted rate now. We are going to leave a few spots each week for those who can't commit to all 10, but it's going to be an amazing experience for those joining every week. We'd love you to join. Head to bakewithalegend.com slash online classes for more info and to sign up. Now, it's of course been an extremely sad week here in the United Kingdom as the whole nation mourns Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, who peacefully passed away aged 96 last week. We've been thinking how we as a company could mark the occasion and we've decided to arrange a free webinar this Saturday, 17th of September, where Howard Middleton is going to teach you how to make a chocolate tiffin, which was said to be Her Majesty's favourite dessert. So do join us if you can. Spread the word wide and far. It'll be a free class this Saturday, 17th of September for around one hour 
at 5 p.m. UK, which is 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central Time and midday Eastern. To sign up, click the link in the podcast description or head to bakewithalegend.com forward slash online classes and look for this coming Saturday. You will find at least 25 other classes currently on sale. And whether you're looking to make Dan's famous chocolate mini rolls, Howard cinnamon rolls, Rosie's s'mores, cruffins or Jane's donuts, there really is something for everyone. And remember, you can save 10% with the code podcast. So to this week's podcast, it was, of course, kick week to kick things off. And Sarah started off the episode by asking Jane what she thought of the first thing that's a challenge of the new series. I hope you'll enjoy the podcast and there'll be another one for you next week. So hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bake Down podcast. Uh, I'm very excited to be stepping in for Josh this year. Uh, Some of you might recognize me. Uh, I am Sarah. I do some of the events at Bake with a Legend. So it's very exciting to be here. Uh, We have Dan and Jane with us today. Unfortunately, Howard cannot be with us today, but we will have him back before too long. So let's dive straight into it. And let's start with our signature, our very first signature of our first episode, mini sandwich cakes. Jane, do you think this was a good signature to start with? Hmm. It was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because I like the idea that they're eased into the tent with a, a relatively straightforward bake. There were some interesting flavours. It wasn't too taxing. I really liked the Star Wars intro this year. I mm. thought it was hilarious. I just thought it was very clever. I liked the whole thing with Prue as Prue Backer. <laughs> I thought she's such a good sport. Um, you know, Matt, who's lost a lot of weight, hasn't he? He look, He's looking very trim and a lot younger. I thought he made a great, what was it, Luke Piewalker. I haven't written it all down. I just thought it was a brilliant intro. It made me smile so much. All the puns were perfect bake-off puns. We couldn't start this episode with, without mentioning the wonderful intro. Yeah, I have to agree. I thought it, I was preparing to cringe hard because sometimes they are awful, but it was actually really funny. I really enjoyed it. And um, whoever is doing their comedy writing, I, well, I assume it must be Nolan and um, Matt, mustn't it? I don't know. But give them a pay rise because it was a funny one this year. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and just the stupid bagel stuck on the side of his head. Like it was just, yeah, it was, it was very funny. <laughs> it was a nice way to start. But just like, I think you're going to be eating that flan solo, which I <laughs> was a great sign It was very punny, wasn't it? And it was, it was shorter than some of the other ones have been. It was very snappy. Let's make the jokes. Let's get to it. It was, <laughs> it was good. Sorry, enough of, enough of that. It's still making me smile. Actually, I could chuckle all the way through this. So mini sandwich cakes. I don't have a problem with mini sandwich cakes at all. Perfectly lovely. What I do have an issue with, this is just a general issue with it, is most of them did round ones. Now, some of them, um, Janus did ones and it looked like a muffin tin, and then he sandwiched them together and, and shaped them. But the ones that were stamping them out of sponge and leaving loads of, of cake left behind. And oh, I'm sorry, but it's going to be a tough winter for everybody this year. You know, we're not going to, we don't want to think about all sorts of crises going on because this is Bake Off and it's, so it's supposed to make us feel good. But all that waste of cake. And, and at one point, somebody said, you know, 
what are you going to do with all the trimmings or what are you going to do? And it's like, oh, eat them. But you're not, are you? You put them to one side and think, I'll make cake pops out of them. It annoyed me, the waste. So I do hope we're not going to have a season of waste because if I make mini sandwich cakes, yes, do them in a mould so you're not wasting anything. That's fine. Or do square or rectangular ones. Don't chop them out and then throw a load of stuff away. My general gripe at the start of the season, and I don't want to start the season moaning, really. But I, It I, would be so out of character for you, Jane. <laughs> um, but, but I'm inclined to agree, actually. So I don't really like personally and again well what other opinions do I have except my own but I don't really like a sandwich cake I don't really see the point it, they can get really dry really quickly especially if you're cutting them out you're getting a load of that lovely soft interior is going to end up being really really dry and as you say there is wastage obviously our minds go to cake pops but who actually ends up making cake pops it, as you say it normally just ends up in the bin um so yeah I wasn't I didn't love the challenge um but then that's just maybe because I'm a bit of a you know a bit old-fashioned when it comes to the recipes that I like you know why take the um the cupcake and split it in half and put cream in the middle just put cream on the top i don't know i don't know i it's not it's not something that i would do but i thought they did a really good job i thought there was some really good creativity and originality in the challenge we'll try and touch on all of them but i think you know there were some really good looks some of the judging was a little bit inconsistent but i'm sure we'll get to that in a minute um but some interesting flavors as well and this definitely um got us an opportunity to uh, know the contestants a little bit more my favorite bit of the signature i believe it was noel talking to kevin sorry i haven't quite learned all their names just yet when noel said uh do you want to go traveling with me and kevin looks genuinely horrified the look on his face it, it, like he looked he couldn't think he was like sort of politely thinking a way to turn him down and i just oh. thought that really tickled me i just thought it was really funny but yeah genuine genuine horror on his face just there <laughs> oh i don't think it was genuine horror i poor things that there were a bit rabbits in the headlights weren't they a bit startled but when he said will you come with me and and he went uh uh <laughs> yes when or what date or when and it was like I think he would have gone if Nolan said, oh, are you free on the 1st of November? I think he might have gone. Well, I would have gone. Um, mm. so. And Maxie um, had a joke made to her by Matt as well. Matt made a joke about being semi-bilingual. And I think she was just so focused in. She just was not, didn't get the joke, was not paying attention. And I just wonder if first week in the tent, eyes down, everyone was just too nervous to think about the uh, the presenters. I didn't get the joke either. No, I think I, mean, I get it. I get it intellectually. But in the moment, I didn't get it either. Um, yeah, no, but I think everyone's just nervous the first week. I remember they came around and talked to us and they trying to put us at ease and tell us not to take it so seriously. I think that's what the presenters are trying to do. But yeah, I was a bag of nerves the first week, so I wouldn't blame them for not being on their best form. Well, everybody seemed to have a reasonable start. We spoke a lot about uh, dry cake and different shapes. A lot of people had quite messy cakes. James's, I think, was uh, was told it was a bit messy. I think Kevin's was a bit heavy, claggy. Will's was disappointing and bland. Mustn't have put him in the greatest of mindsets for moving on to the next challenge who do you think really stood out for you in this first challenge Dan for me Yanis so I really liked uh his I thought they looked beautiful um I thought there was I, as I 
alluded to before, I think there was some inconsistent judging. Some of them were told that their cakes were not mini. I think it was, I, th- I think it was Maxi, or mm. I forget who, but they yeah. said, oh, your cakes aren't mini, like they're, they're sort of, this is too big. And Yanis's were the same size. And like, not that I had a problem with it personally. It seems really unfair to criticise someone for something and then not to mention it for someone else. Uh, maybe that they did cover it, but obviously they don't have time to show all of the judging. So maybe they mentioned it in real life. Who knows? But I thought Yanis's looked lovely and they sounded lovely. And um, uh, I like a boozy cake. I'm very unlikely to say a cake is too boozy for me. I thought uh, Paul saying it was too boozy was... Um, maybe it was valid criticism. Who only knows? Um, but yeah, his definitely stood out to me. Um, I think there were a few of them did some really nice decoration. Um, Carol, I thought had some really nice decoration. I, did, with, I don't know if those bees were made out of fondant or something. I don't know if I would actually would have liked to eat them, but they looked really pretty. I like Carol. I think there's a couple who really stand out to me in terms of personality, which is Will, who I feel is like quietly insane. And Carol, who is <laughs> who is loudly insane. And I, I think those two are going to be two people that I really enjoy watching on my television. So, yeah, those are actually, more than the baking, those are the two that stood out to me. I thought they are going to be really fun to watch, uh, so I can't wait. And I also thought um, that Sabira's flavours looked interesting. They said they had a set custard on the top, and I thought that was an interesting technique and something that I actually haven't ever done before. So, yeah, a few a few really interesting ones. Those are the ones that stood out to me. How about you, Jane? Same same ones or different ones? Oh, well, I, I really like, I hope I don't pronounce his name right, Janus. I, I thought generally he was lovely and his his cakes did look great, didn't they? I think Prue described mm. them as neat as a pin, lovely sponge, light, yeah, you know, tech, and Paul said the texture is perfect. So he's definitely going to be one to watch, isn't he? I really like that. I also really loved Sandro's. I didn't see him make those chocolate cases, but I'm assuming they that the casing on the outside was made out of a tempered chocolate or something like that. But I did anybody see that being made? But to, to fill it and make it into a little flower pot with a rose on top, I thought showed an enormous amount of skill. I for, for week one, it was incredibly brave to do something like that. So I thought his were really, really interesting. What flavours were it? It was sort of chocolate and raspberry, wasn't it? With a red wine ganache. Never made a red wine ganache. So I think I'm going to give that a go. One thing you could talk about inconsistent. Oh, Paul always makes us laugh every year with some of his comments, doesn't he? But I think it was Rebs's where the caramel was all oozing out the hazelnut mocha latte one and they did look a mess didn't they bless her i mean i would think it it sounded lovely to eat but he said the ganache was too hard fair enough be faithful with careful with the flavors i don't think there was much wrong with the flavors but maybe too much coffee he Mm. said though you were neat enough i can see that well i don't know what he was looking at because it looked like a car crash (laughs) So I don't know, you must have been looking at something completely different. You are neat enough. I can see that. Just be careful with your flavours. Be careful with your be careful with your presentation, I would have thought was what you ought to say. So um yes, I, I think we're gonna have some real Paulisms this year. Um, but just one other I wanted to point out was Kevin's, because there's little mini Persian love cakes with the hint of rose and the pistachio. I know the consistency wasn't good. It was a bit heavy, the cake. I thought, I thought presentation-wise, they were very neat and they were very pretty. It's just a bit dense, wasn't it? I think generally they came up with some nice flavours. Oh, Abdul. Abdul as well with his 
Oh, again, Paul said it looked like an illusion, Kate. They almost looked like a garden. Well, they didn't. I have to say they didn't at all. <gasps> they were great. I'd quite love, like to have eaten them. What did he put around the outside? Um, he, oh, chocolate nib soil. Mm, I, I think yeah. I might have gone for some nuts. I wasn't really uh, impressed. Blitz cacao nib's not actually that delicious either. I think it, no, oh, a cookie not. crumb would have been much better. They all did really well. They, I mean, you could criticise something on all of them, and I hate it when past bakers slag off uh, other new bakers because it's an incredibly mm. tense time in the tent, especially week one. They're all completely new to it. They're all very excited. Everything's really unfamiliar. But we can't just look at them all and go, oh, yes, they were lovely, because that's not what we're here for. And there were issues with, with most of them. Mm. That's not to say I didn't think all the bakers, for the first time we've met them, I can't find one that I, I find even mildly irritating, which is unusual because I usually find oh, I something can. that's my. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> but you're not as nice. You're not as nice as me, Dan. Um, I, I thought, I, th I thought they were all absolutely lovely, and I think it's going to be a good batch with some fun bakers um, and some good baking once they've all settled down. A couple of points I did just want to mention is Maxie's did not have the best feedback. They said the cake was dry, but that they looked amazing. I think they were sort of like mango and passion eaten mess style things hmm. with a little uh, meringues kisses that had the colour down them. I thought they looked lovely. And I think Maxie is going to give us some lovely presentation. So even though they, they kind of glossed over Maxie's a bit and didn't have rave things to say about them i thought they looked good and i'm that gives me uh hope for the future that she'll deliver well on that front one thing that upset me greatly and i'm sure this will not have escaped your attention either jane was when will made his buttercream he made an italian meringue buttercream and the buttercream split and he said oh no it's split i'll start again and i thought why why are you starting again? There's absolutely no reason to start again. So for anyone who doesn't know who, um, I mean, we've all made uh, Swiss meringue or Italian meringue buttercream in our classes. There's no reason to ever restart a buttercream, okay? If it turns into soup, you put it in the fridge because it's got too hot. You just put it in the fridge and let it harden up a bit. If it's split, you just keep whisking it. That's all you do. You just keep whisking it and eventually it will come together. Jane is raising her finger in defiance. Jane, go on. No, no, I'll let you not, in... Me. <laughs> not in defiance at all. Yes, you can keep with just whisking it and whisking it if you've got the time or you can be bothered. But all you have to do is warm a little bit of it up. So you could take a little bit of it and put it in the microwave and, and turn it into soup. And then the heat of that will then bring it all together. Because what happens if it does separate is your butter has gone in too cold for the mixture that you're whipping it into. So if you warm a little bit up or, or put a bowl over a pan of barely simmering water so that you then just warm up the outside of it not the inside you want to turn it into soup and then whisk it it'll come together beautifully so you really don't need to make it twice you should probably just panicked in the moment well listen we have to start making snap judgments in episode one now it's time to get real jane um so that just that set off alarm bells for me because the fact that he said i have to remake it I just thought, ooh, you don't understand that, Will. You don't understand how this buttercream works. Which for me, because we have to start making snap judgments now. This is getting real. Um, I, that for me <laughs> set off alarm bells. I'm not sure Will knows 100% what he's doing. So I think that uh, at the very, very early stages, that sort of highlighted Will for me as an early out. Sorry, Will. He, his knowledge isn't as broad as maybe 
um, it would be good for it to be going into the Bake Off tent. So that was just something that stood out to me when he said that. I just thought, with a with the kindest heart, Will, I just thought, how do you not know that? How do you not know that? Like, I'm sure that we've covered that on in the Bake Off. People have talked about that in the Bake Off. So I'm like, did you not watch the show? I don't, right, oh, I'm getting not. really judgmental. Let's you move are, on. Let's yes. move on before I get any harsher. We had a lot of different types of buttercream in this episode. We had Swiss or, or Italian buttercream. We had French buttercream. And I think later on we get a German buttercream somewhere. Is it in this one or is it in the, the showstopper? So the Swiss and the Italian, you make a meringue in different ways. You either add hot syrup to whisk egg whites or you heat up your egg whites and your sugar, which is Swiss, and then you whisk that until you get a meringue. Um, the French is one that you don't see very often. And actually, I think it's really delicious. Do you make it with egg yolks? So if you're wondering what to do with egg yolks once you've made some meringue, yeah, you whisk that up with the syrup and you get a deliciously rich buttercream. Um, I really like a French buttercream, actually. And um, I might do it in a class just for something different. Um, and then in a, the German one is something that's probably quite close to your heart because it sounds to me like, what is it, that stuff that you make that I can't bear? Cremesaline? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, <laughs> I can't bear cream muslin. You made a, a quite a thick custard, and then you so instead of having a meringue to beat stuff into, you beat your butter into a cold custard, and that's your German buttercream. And then, of course, the American buttercream, which most people are really familiar with, is just basically uh, icing sugar and butter and maybe a bit of cream, maybe a bit of vanilla. So, yeah, lots of different types of buttercream, which I thought was interesting. I don't think we've ever had quite so many in one episode before. We're just missing ermine, weren't we? I think that's the only one we didn't have. Yes, you do a roux, don't you? So you were yeah. making white sauce. Yes, we haven't had the ermine one. I thought you meant that ermine stands up... from last series. <laughs> no, no. That stands up very well in the heat, actually. Um, so I'm... But I don't know if these considerations really... Before you... What... Once you've been on Bake Off, all these considerations come to your mind. Before you've actually been in the tent, I'm not sure you think of all these things, do you? I'm surprised you haven't seen that one yet. And I like to think it's a healthy version because it's um, lower in sugar. Healthy buttercream, is that an oxymoron? It possibly <laughs> is. Well, we've, we've touched on a lot, of the, a lot of the bakers there. We've talked a lot about flavours. Um, it's really lovely to see a lot of people bringing their own heritage through in their flavours. Janusz with his more Polish flavours and Shabira, particularly with her Malaysian flavours. Carol was a self-professed classic baker. She called herself a classic baker. And we've had a lot of classic bakers with classic flavours over the years. Um, Diana in Howard's year and possibly Maggie last year, sticking to the lemon and poppy seed, you, your classic bakes. Um, Jane, do you think a classic baker can really get to the final or do you think people will need to start experimenting with different flavours at some point? Well, speaking as a classic baker, um, I think I was almost described as a classic baker, and it's almost described as an insult, a classic baker, isn't it? Which I think is so unfair. Yes, of course, a classic baker can get to the, um, to the final. As long as you bake well, the flavours are good, you have a little bit of creativity, you get your bakes done, um, and you don't overbake things, or they don't collapse, or they do whatever. I think everybody's pretty classic they just don't describe themselves as classic I mean raspberry and raspberry pistachio and rose water one could describe as classic you know salted caramel and stem ginger you can describe as classic so I, I wish they'd stop describing classic as um, something that's old hat and unfashionable Dan and I talked I think in the podcast that we did last week when we were talking about the new bakers 
there's a reason that classic bakes are classic and they're still around 100 years on is because they're good and the flavors work and i think there's nothing wrong with that i think if you get boring then that's a problem but there's nothing wrong with classic yeah i think and also like lemon and poppy seed what the what's wrong with lemon and poppy seed i think you say as you say jane it's kind of a branding issue i think well maybe what she means by classic and i'm gonna delve down into the coded language here is that she's probably going to be someone who very much like me i don't remember how you did in your showstoppers jane but i was i did well in the signatures generally speaking and the showstoppers i found more challenging i'm not what you might call a pinterest baker you know i care about delivering good techniques nice flavors you know getting the basics right um i'm not going to dress something up with some wacky artistic vision that's not what i'm good at and i think that when we describe classic bakers what we probably mean is bakers who are focused on the technique of the bake and maybe not so artistic maybe they're not going to write a coffee table baking book after the show is over but that doesn't mean they're not good bakers it probably means they're very good bakers who are more substance over style and I think you know at the end of the day for television it's nice to have things that look really impressive but in real life you just want something that tastes nice don't you Mm. and actually in in real life if you go to someone's house and they make something that looks amazing but it's all dry and doesn't taste good thanks but no thanks actually to give me a good lemon drizzle any day mine was a lemon and poppy seed drizzle and my first first week in the tent and I got star baker that was the only time I got star baker but I did get a star baker that week yeah I, I think ignore the word classic I think just good bakers I think that's what we want I'm mm. totally with Dan I would I mean we've all judged enough cake competitions in our time and we see some spectacular things I remember I think I was judging one with Howard somewhere somewhere I can't remember where it doesn't really matter and then they were all doing Victoria sponges and somebody had covered it I'd been covered in fondant but then there was a stencil of Queen Victoria's face on it it looked amazing cake was as dry as they come you know and you think why did that one win it's because it didn't taste good yeah why didn't so, you focus on the baking yeah <laughs> yeah focus on the baking and don't worry about the well i mean if you can get both right perfect you're you're in the final mm. aren't you um but yes taste has got to be first and foremost i think Let's move on to our technical challenge. Now, our first technical challenge of the season was a red velvet cake. Now, straight away, Dan, red velvet cake, what do you think of? Is this a good technical challenge? Do you think there's enough skill to show them in here? I think it's an okay challenge. I'm not a huge fan of red velvet cake, I've got to be honest. It's not one that particularly excites me, mainly because I don't particularly like green cheese frosting. It's not sweet enough for my taste. I'm like, if you're going to eat a cake, eat a cake, for goodness sake. I think it is a good challenge. It, it does require a lot of skill. This is one that I would have relished because I'm quite, one of my skills is smoothing and decorating buttercream cakes. So this would have been something that I would have excelled at. So I would have been very excited to have had this challenge. There was anxiety straight out of the gate. We had a couple of bakers who clearly made them before. Um, including, I think, Sabira said that Red Velvet Cake was the first cake she ever made in her bio. So I instantly thought of her and I thought, well, she's going to be just fine. Sandro immediately seemed very, very confident. You could see the relief etched onto his face when he realised he already knew how to make this. But my favourite moment of the technical was... um, dear old Rebs, giving me huge anxiety. Um, She said, why add vinegar? And I just thought, 
oh no, she's pulling a will. She doesn't know this either. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, we add an acid um, to cakes often to help activate the uh, baking soda. Baking soda was invented before baking powder. So that's why, um, you know, that exists as, as a tech- recipe technique. And she would just sprinkle the bicarb into the batter and beat it in. And I just thought, what on earth are you doing, Rebs? Oh. Rebs gave me a bit of anxiety in this one. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm suspicious of her abilities. Maybe wasn't surprised that Rebs didn't do so well in that one. But uh, as a challenge, I thought it was, it was a reasonably good one. There was enough to go right and enough to go wrong to give some actual difference between um the contestants so i thought i thought it was a good challenge what do you think jane classic technical challenge there wasn't enough to keep them busy all the way through so clearly there's going to be a lot of tea a lot of tea drinking and hanging about waiting because by the time you made your cream cheese frosting your cakes aren't baked or you they haven't cooled down so yeah i think it was i think it was a pretty straightforward one, but like you, I did pick up on that vinegar thing. And then Dawn said, add bicarb at the last minute because it doesn't last very long. I mean, the trick when you're using bicarb is to mix all your dry ingredients together. You mix all your wet ingredients together. Um, your tins are clearly ready. And then you add your wet to your dry at the last minute because it's the wet that activates the bicarb so mm. once you've added your wet can't leave it sitting around like uh, an ordinary cake batter you know an ordinary you know our, our standard ones that you think oh, i haven't got enough room in the oven i'll stick another one in a minute you can't do that with a, a bicarb raised cake because your bicarb does do all its bubble thing and then runs out so yeah just a little concerned about some of the technicalities going on here as a challenge it was nice i, I think they found very little to criticize them about really I, I felt that um Maxie they said hers was too red didn't look any more red than anybody else's quite frankly I don't know what that was all about well I think the, uh, the red food coloring depending on the food coloring it can taste a little bit bitter can't it so if you do yes. add a bit too much it can spoil the flavor a little but I do agree I was I didn't really see a huge difference but they get they have to get nitpicky don't they they really have to find something to complain about too many crumbs it, it seemed like an unfair uh, but having said that, James is piping. When he started putting all that piping down around the side and said he was trying to show off, he must have felt awful afterwards because um, they were like, no. hated. <laughs> no, like a wedding hat, I think Prue described it as. You go, don't do it. No, I mean, the, it looked beautiful. Sabira's looked absolutely beautiful, didn't it? classic so yeah it's a nice enough it was a nice enough challenge I, I quite like a red velvet to be honest my one of my daughter's favorites as she was growing up was a red velvet it was all right I thought it was a relatively straightforward one you had all the usual things stuff melting cream cheese frosting being too runny because that's notorious um doing that I tend not to make it way they do I said anyway but that's another story putting it together and it's too warm under baking it again I was worried about Reb saying 13 minutes even a good old Victoria sandwich takes a bit longer than 13 minutes so poor old Rebs she seemed to have a couple of moments of not much clarity shall we say Um, I think at one point she actually said there's no method. I'm not sure that was that was one of the best things to say in a technical challenge. Um, but yeah, she she was not not at the higher end of the judging. She was 11th, bless her. I um, think she yeah. was having a first week wobble, and it happened oh, to sure. me. So I ain't judging. The nerves do take over a little bit, and 
she didn't fill me with confidence, but at the same time, we're like, let's not let's not write anyone off immediately. One thing that I did uh, enjoy, and listen, this will be this the challenge was judge blind, but I think this is a general lesson for life as well as for baking, is the contrast between Janus and Will. And they both made a sort of se uh, sort of semi-naked cake with the cake peeking through. And Janos described it as semi-naked, uh, which sounds alluring. And um, Will described it as distressed. And I just thought it was a, <laughs> I just thought it was a nice sort of... As I say to people when they're, you know, their bakes don't turn out looking exactly how they like, I'm like, you just have to pretend you wanted it like that. And I just like the, the contrast between semi-naked and distressed. I think distressed <laughs> might be a nice way to describe a pair of jeans, but possibly not a cake. So um... <laughs> It's all in yeah, how I, you describe it. It is. Do you know what? I actually felt sorry for, um, who was the guy who did the weird piping? James, because I did, actually thought it looked okay. It obviously oh, no, wasn't. It didn't. One. I'm trying to be optimistic, Jane. Leave me be. It really didn't um, look okay at all. <laughs> it, uh, but it was a choice. And I think, you know, like, for example, Sabira did exactly what I would have done. A smooth covered sides, nice tall blobs on the top. Like, yes, that is admittedly that is exactly what I would have done but sometimes I like it when other people go for different decorating styles but I just think the judges had in mind one particular thing they wanted one particular style that they were looking for um and um obviously those who hit that the best did, did the best you know I think it was an opportunity to show general cake decorating and um I was not surprised that Sabira rose to the top her cake was so much higher than everyone else's more than anything else it was noticeably really taller. good wasn't it Mm. One thing I did find interesting, nothing to do with the cake at all. I think Kevin asked, do you know James? After all, you both come from Scotland. Yes. <laughs> um, they both come from the same region. Obviously, they didn't know each other. But they have the same saxophone teacher called Andrew. I think, hello, Andrew. I think it was Andrew. Well, that was great. I thought it was Very lovely. spooky. Yes. It was funny. Spooky. Yes, we mentioned Shabira and Sandro both saying that they had made a red velvet cake before and that doesn't always work out in past series of Bake Off you know we see somebody go oh yeah I know how to make that I'm brilliant at it and then they don't always do very well so it was really nice to see that Shabira do you remember Val with her Bakewell tart and uh, <laughs> do you you were there weren't you Jane uh, I was uh, there I, I, I was there yeah Val's like, I know how to make a Bakewell tart just ignored the recipe and did whatever she did at home or something I'm like yeah sometimes overconfidence can be dangerous Sabira obviously came first and uh, Sandro came second but I loved the way when he was being interviewed at the end and they'd obviously asked him are you happy with second and he said yeah I'm happy with second yeah and he, he clearly wasn't happy with second yeah he said second is kind of first <laughs> basically first yeah <laughs> basically first I think we've, we've got some uh, competitiveness going on uh, in, in the tent I which so. I really rather loved for week one, like, yes, we'd all like to be Star Baker, but for week one, everyone just wants to survive. And I think, like, if you make mm. it through the first two challenges and you've done a reasonably good job and you know that, you know, unless you have an absolute disaster, you're kind of safe. It's a wonderful position to go into week, into day two in. I think that was a little bit of genuine relief, too. I don't, I don't think he was too upset. I think he was just like, you know, I'm at the top for the technical, you know, uh, and he did fine in the signature as well. So I think that was a lot of relief going on there. And um, I, I did just OK in my signature in week one. And then I was, pretty, you know, at the top, top section for the technical. And that was just I was just like, OK, I'm probably safe. And I think that's all we really care about for week one, isn't it? Mm. 
So yes, let's talk about our showstopper. So you two both picked somebody who you thought looked good from their immediate bios. So heading into the showstopper, I think both of your picks were on track for doing really, really well. Jane, what do you think? Sandro looked really good going into the showstopper for me. Um, I'll probably still stick with him, but I'm sure we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah, he did. I I was beginning to feel very pleased with myself that um, I picked him from a bio. (laughs) Yeah, thank God there was no online dating when I was was young, because I'm not awfully sure that I would have picked the right one from a few pictures and a bio. But um, yeah, I was quite pleased with myself, Sandro, going into into the showstopper. But I'm warming to Sandro, but he does say he goes to the gym twice a day. And I just thought, lazy, why not three times? I can't how many like, times do you go, Dan? <laughs> what, how many times a year? Uh, <laughs> I don't go to the gym. Uh, I ain't got time for that. Too much cake. Actually, I probably need to go to the gym, to be fair. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm warming to Sandro. I think he's got a really fun personality. So he wasn't my initial pick, Jane, but I think you may have picked well. I think he's got a lot going for him. He seems really fun. And Dan, who was your choice? Sabira is, um, I just think, I have a feeling that she's going to cope really well under pressure. I think she's going to bring something a little bit interesting. And um, yeah, she didn't disappoint in this showstopper. She sort of did the kind of thing that I maybe expected her to do, which sounds like a bad thing, but that's a good thing in this case. It was when she was doing something with the trunk and... Matt came yes. over. She seemed so sweet and innocent, and and it's almost just throw away. It's not what you think. <laughs> yeah, like, you know exactly. So we all knew where it was going, didn't we? Yeah. I remember <laughs> Phil shaping his rocket cone um, from a previous <laughs> yeah. year, and I was just like, "Just don't, guys." I was like, <laughs> there was one cut in the editing where it went to Carol saying, "Oh, we all like big nuts or something," and he was like, "Oh, come on." Come on, editors, do better. (laughs) (laughs) We all love a good double entendre, but maybe that that was a little far. Our showstopper, our replica house cake. Uh, We saw quite a few different styles of house. We had cottages, we had bungalows, we had flats, we had pebble-dashed cottages. It all looked absolutely fantastic. A lot of people use different kinds of sponge. So Dawn Genoise. used a Genoese, a Genoise, I do beg your pardon, Jane, a Genoise sponge, um, which was, you know, it's quite a soft sponge. So, she, you know, she was very brave for doing that. Dan, if you were going to make a house out of cake, what kind of sponge would you use? Right. I hate Madeira cake um, because I find it too dense. But Madeira cake would have been a good choice because it's it holds, you know, if you're making a big wedding cake, Madeira cake is one of the ones you typically use because it holds up really, really well. I probably would have used, honestly, I have a, a chocolate cake that I use for everything because it's a good cake. It's delicious. And if you pair it with the right buttercream, it's the textures are beautiful. So I probably would have used my standard chocolate cake. I know you have made my chocolate cake, Sarah. So um, you know the one I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I, this, this for me, actually, our week one showstopper where you share everything about yourself, we had Biscuit Week in our season. It was a big old biscuit selfie. I would have preferred this challenge, actually, because I think it's make a ton of cake, and then, you know, like paint it to look like something that tells you about, about yourself. I would have quite enjoyed this. And with a house, I piped flowers are pretty easy to do. Um, I would have loved to have done that. I could have fabricated some uh, childhood home that would have been covered in flowers. So I, I thought it was a nice challenge. I think it gave them it, it wasn't too overwhelming, 
They only had to wait, make one style of cake, although some opted to make two, but one was sufficient. And I, my advice to bakers is do the bare minimum. If you only ask to make one style of cake, just wait one style of cake. It's about surviving. It's not about being star baker, uh, in my opinion. Uh, others may have different opinions. But yeah, just one style of cake that holds up well to, to pressure and then decorate it as best as you can. And I think some people make better use of their time than others. And I think this was, in my opinion, uh, a challenge that would have been judged pretty much 50-50 on the, the technique of the cake and on the decoration. So I think, yes, get the cake right, but please get the decoration right too, because we, we need to see your personality. We need to see your technique. And I think some people got that balance right and some people got that balance wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree absolutely with you. I mean, I liked Dawn's Genoise. I wish we should call it Genoise. It was only when Hermine said, you've got to call it Genoise because it's French. But I feel like the reason she got away with that, I believe, is that she had lots of thin layers. So it looked a bit like a slightly thicker opera cake. So the the the, the filling was also helping it hold up. And I love a Genoa. But we had to make it, gosh, I don't know how many times we had to make it when I was in the tent. So I got quite good at it. And I thought her flavours, I like the idea of the apricot puree and there she made her jam and buttercream in there um i thought it looked really nice dawn i thought she really got away with it and i'd have much rather have eaten that than will's madeira i mean when he said oh gosh my uh, my heart sank when cause he, so he made an orange madeira and then he said and i'm making a chocolate cake because it's slightly drier than other cakes and i thought oh dry isn't good i love a dry cake that's what i'm looking for in a cake dry dry because it's good for structure and so it goes back to what Dan was saying is you've got to get the balance between the way it looks and the way it tastes and a dry chocolate cake I I think you might as well just chew some of your packaging that comes in from Amazon frankly I mean it's (laughs) just oh who wants a dry chocolate cake I'm not a huge chocolate cake fan but a dry chocolate cake I can't think of anything worse so my heart sank there as did Reb's cakes because she took them out too early in the last challenge but she was obviously very aware of cakes undercooking and yet she still undercooked her cake in this one but her baking and tent brain clearly kicked in because it was never mentioned in the judging she had to have a go and have a quiet moment but then she came back and cut out the middle of that was underbaked and cut out a bit of cake that was perfectly cooked and stuck it in the middle. Perfectly cooked cake. I thought it was genius. I, I have to say she was applauded. So having sort of been a bit all over the place in the first two challenges, I thought, good on you, Rebs. You could get through this after all. I thought you just have to think. The whole thing in the tent is you haven't got enough time. You're, you've usually got somebody sticking a microphone in your face, which takes up more time. And you're going to have a problem. Whatever way you look at it, at some point, you're going to have a problem going on. And if you can solve those problems, you stand a chance of getting through to the next round. And she did it brilliantly, I think. So um, oh, just want to put it out there for Rebs. And that was genius. I thought she did a really good job. She really pulled the stops out and her pina colada cottage with the coconut rum rain was just lovely. Um, I believe good detail um, was mentioned and good flavour. So I think she, absolutely, Jane, the tent brain really, really kicked in and uh, she did really well there. Yes, um, and as Reb said, panicking is for losers, which... Uh, <laughs> 
I felt a little personally attacked by that, but we'll let it go. I assume maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't about me. I don't know. We'll give it the benefit of the doubt. But I like. Yes. I like that attitude. Like panicking is for losers. I'm like, yeah, I take your point. Let's keep a level head. Let's let's get on with it. And yeah, you're you're right, Jane. That um, puts her in good stead. You feel like she might, when the pressure's on, she might make a good decision rather than a bad decision. So that's that's points for Rebs. Minus points for not knowing why you put vinegar in a cake. Plus points for coping very well with the pressure of when she's in a difficult situation. I would say that with the rain, I thought it was genius and, and, and we all loved it. Paul said it was overbaked. It's overbaked a bit. I don't know what was going on there. But as a little tip, I would say if you think you've slightly overbaked your cake, make a nice syrup that complements the flavour and put a syrup on your layers. You'll see a lot of bakers on Instagram doing it. Uh, they will take out their cakes, which are clearly frozen because they make them in batches, and then they spray them with a syrup or something, and it just brings them back to life and gets rid of the dryness. So if you're the slightest bit worried, and we all are at times, that our cakes are slightly overbaked, just get out and make a nice little syrup and um, spray it on. Uh, or a drizzle and just put it on. So I think her rain, coconut rum rain, could have possibly been incorporated into a syrup and then put on her layers and then it would stop any dryness. No matter how dry your cake is, a syrup will save it. If if you're in any doubt, get the syrup out. Um, I think good tip there, Jane, for anyone. There's no excuse for a dry cake. Get the syrup out. But maybe don't use quite as much as Sandro did with his uh, strawberry and cream Nan's house. Um, That was quite a lot of strawberry and cream liqueur that went onto those sponges. I actually did. I noticed in the judging they said it was too much, but I didn't notice. Did he properly soak them? Yeah. Properly soaked them. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just, uh, it was a, a soaking too far. I love the combination of his flavours and I love a Chantilly and strawberries in the cake. You know, it's, it's always what? fresh, fresh and lovely. But, oh, God, there was a lot of alcohol. I don't drink, uh, but I don't mind a bit of alcohol in the cake. But, oh, 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 you had to need a breathalyzer before you drove home, I think. Goodness. <laughs> I, but I think those flavours were really good. I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to say those are simple flavours, but, you know, with sort of uh, strawberry and, and cream, like simple but delicious. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're sort of the creme chantilly and the uh, the fresh strawberries. That cake isn't going to last very long, but uh, when it tastes that good, it probably won't last very long anyway, will it? Talking about dryness, we're going to the opposite end of the scale, actually, with Abdul. 40 minutes, he hadn't realised his oven was Oh, yes! 40 minutes. I mean, you, you check a sponge or a cake every now and then. You've got a glass door, for goodness sake. How did he not know that that... Um, yeah, 10 minutes. Andrew did it in my year. Had a meltdown because his oven wasn't on. But 40 minutes. 40. I, what was he looking at in that 40 minutes? It's funny because in the, in the when well, the year that I was in the tent, and I'm sure every year is completely different, everyone kept saying, like literally all the contestants said to each other before each challenge, make sure your oven's on, make sure your oven's on. Like it was like, it was almost like a mantra that we had because you get a chance to sort of uh, just get your station a little bit sorted before they film the camera. So you can put everything where you know where it is before you start. So you're ready to hit the ground running. And it was between, so we all say, put your oven on, put your oven on. And we all, all sort of made sure that each other was on a level playing field and ready to go. I cannot believe he forgot it. And also, what cake is in the oven for 40 minutes? Yes, exactly. You... exactly. What? Why didn't you look at 15 minutes and go, oh, that's rising nicely? Mm. <laughs> because I don't know. Was, was his cake supposed to be baking for 40 minutes? 
Is that why the timer yeah. went off? And he's like, like, or because if you're making that much cake, surely you'd cook relatively thin layers that'd be done in half an hour at most, surely. So I'm just, yeah, for a so. lot of time. Yeah, it was a sponge. It wasn't a fruit cake. It wasn't a Madeira cake. It was a masala chai sponge. Mm. Yeah, bless him. A tent nerves, I think. Carol, <laughs> I think Carol, uh, I think we all, we said last week when we were discussing them that Carol looks so she's going to be good fun. She made a coffee and walnut. She used the, the chicory coffee essence, which actually is really good to have a a thing of that in the cupboard. It, I camp, think camp coffee, yeah? Yeah, camp coffee. Yes, they didn't mention that it was called camp. When we say camp coffee, dear listeners, that was the brand, camp Not coffee. a feminine coffee. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, so there's a, it was when England was in the war, um, we didn't have any food. We had fake coffee made out of chicory essence or something. I don't know, but it's actually quite delicious. And I always thought it was actually coffee. I've been drinking it using it to make iced coffee for years not knowing it wasn't actually yeah. coffee so it, re- it really does taste of coffee but so, i think uh, yes. they said it tasted like burning it reminded me of, um, oh, i don't know how old you guys are but you know the um, simpsons episode where ralph wickham was like i ate the purple berries they taste like burning and then i just thought that reminded me of carol's cake it's like <laughs> it's actually burning me <laughs> but they uh I don't know if this is just the edit or something but they didn't seem to hate it Paul was going on about how much it was burning but they all seemed to quite enjoy it so maybe Carol's yeah. actually not going to be sorry Jane a classic baker she is going to to push the boundaries she is going to have amazing strong flavors that that blow our heads off so maybe she's a bit of a dark horse there walnut and chicory cake yes but i loved her comment when she goes so who doesn't like a coffee and walnut cake unless you don't like coffee or you're allergic to nuts (laughs) (laughs) um another one that the judges really liked uh was janusz his Polish ginger and orange cake, really bringing his heritage in again with the Polish flavours. I believe Prue said it was utterly delicious and can't fault it. Uh, Also using soy sauce in place of the salt there. It is lovely to see the trends and flavours that people bring in in the Bake Off one year that become standards in the next year. I believe I remember Paul and Prue saying one year that they'd never heard of a drip cake or a semi-naked <laughs> cake, and now everyone's doing it. So it's lovely to see mm. the things that these bakers are bringing in to the show that we're going to use for years to come. So what did you yeah. guys think of uh, Janusz's cake? I think soy sauce is the new miso, wouldn't you say, Jane? <laughs> I was going to say exactly that. We had a lot <laughs> of miso last year. It remains to be seen how many times he put soy sauce into his bakes. And um, there is the title for this episode, Soy Sauce is the New Miso. <laughs> I thought the cake was actually beautifully decorated. I thought um, some of them really looked like... Uh, buildings and some of them were taking a bit of artistic license I mean we all take a bit of artistic license but I thought his was beautifully decorated I'm sure the house didn't look exactly like that in real life but it was a nice I loved all the little flowery bits it was different it had sort of different sections and I thought that was uh, a really strong presentation from Yanis and uh, it's really nice that the presentation matched uh, the quality of the the cake and the flavors as well. So I was impressed by Yanis a lot there. Yeah, I was too. I thought it it, it looked lovely. I was also impressed with the way Williams or Will, do we call him William or Will? Yes. How his looks. I mean, I I don't 
I think the cakes were very dry, so I, I'm not commenting on the, the flavour or the dryness of the cake, but making the gingerbread and then making it like those flats, you could see they, they were flats, couldn't you, from, from North London? And I thought the design of it was brilliant. If only the, uh, the cake had lived up to it, I think he could have saved himself because I thought it was brilliantly done. And not only two different flavours of cake, but some gingerbread as well. I mean, he, he set himself a big task and visually it worked. Sadly, I don't think it worked um, flavour and eating wise. I think the showstopper definitely turned some things around. Sandro and Shabira, who'd been doing so well, obviously you guys' top picks, maybe didn't do quite as well as they were hoping. We've talked about Sandro's boozy cake and Shabira also having no hero flavour, having the, the matcha and the strawberry and the milk tea, but none of them really standing out. So is there anybody overall at this point after the showstopper that really stood out as being star baker for you guys? Anybody that stood out for going home, Dan? In defence of Shabira, I just want to quickly say, I think sometimes, you know, it's tempting to... We want to add more flavours. And I think that's a, a, an important lesson. I think I do agree with Paul. There needs to be one sort of hero flavour or maybe two. But yeah, as soon as you start mudging it with three, four, five flavours, it just it gets too much and you lose the, the, the main appeal, if you like. Um, but I think that's a lesson that you can learn and you can take that away and you can, you know, change anything that you need to change. So I think that that's just a good bit of advice for Shabira rather than a a sort of inherent fault in her baking, if you like. So I'm, I'm sticking with Shabira. She's still my favourite. Yeah, I'm a little nervous for some of them, I have to say. But again, it's week one. We don't want to get too judgmental. And I think, you know, in our week one, you think from the first week, you have a very strong idea of who's going to do well and who isn't. And that's not always borne out. I remember, you know, in, in our week one, uh, Ruby, it was 50-50 whether or not she was going home in week one and she ended up making the final. So I don't think we're going to, make we're going to refrain from making too many snap judgments um i wait to see i usually my rule of thumb is wait to see like three episodes before you start making any uh sweeping generalizations i mean i don't ever live up to that but you know it's a nice nice thought in theory isn't it <laughs> yes that you you are all witnesses uh to dan saying he's not going to judge people so this is good to hear <laughs> well i think sandro for me, I'm, I'm still going to stick with him because I thought he he was still very good. And all I think that was wrong with his cake was he put in too much booze. That's an easy thing to rain back on. I don't think there was anything fundamentally wrong with any of his baking or his design or his flavours. Just, you know, thought that I just thought he put too much booze in. So I don't think that is a, a fundamental problem for me. So I'm still going with him. But I think Janos... Apart from the fact that he is a lovely, jolly man, isn't he? I really like him. I think he is one to watch. Uh, I, I think his mm. flavours and his textures and his creative ability could well have him up there in the final. I think uh, I really, really like him. Yeah, Shamira's, I think, good. I like the sound of her flavours, but she hasn't totally won me over yet. The rest of them are sort of sitting there in a very middle-of-the-road pack. And like Dan, I think I'd like to see a couple more weeks before I pull any more out of the pack. But for me, for me, definitely Janus and Sandro are up there in my 
top two at the moment. Yes, I would agree. Yanis, I just think I just have a, the premonition that he's going to be brilliant and then fall to pieces. Uh, I just that's that's the, that's what I see for him. Um, we shall have to see how that is borne out. He said that last week and said it's just gay men <laughs> that do that. I think that's a sweeping generalisation, and I think that's absolute garbage. You can't just judge him <laughs> on your own, on yourself. <laughs> yes, I can, and I will continue to do so. Um, but yeah, no, no, you're right, Jay. This is literally just my own perspective on the world, and I will not be held be held accountable for the workings of my own mind. Um, but yeah, we shall we shall see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I very much hope I'm proven wrong because he is a lovely character and clearly a very sweet man. I love his little dog called Nigel. I just think it's such a weird thing to call a dog. Imagine but calling um, that in the park, <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> So let's move on to the first star baker of the season and possibly not surprisingly it was Janusz absolutely fantastic bringing his Polish flavors in really lovely boozy cakes Dan do you think it was well-deserved star baker yes I do um so I think you know obviously it's a the first week is a bit of an introduction to the bakers and their baking stars I think Janos delivered really well. He's shown that he can do the technique of the cakes in the signature. I know Paul said it was a bit too much booze, but I think Prue would have given him a handshake for that if, if she had a handshake. <laughs> she seemed to really like that. Did fine in the technical. And then obviously um, they didn't really have, I don't think they had a single word of criticism. Um, Prue, I believe, said that it was a perfect was the word that she used. Uh, he definitely won it for Prue. I think Paul needed a fraction more convincing, but uh, I think overall he was a, a very uh, fair winner. I loved the fact that he married that uh, really good technique and understanding of cake with the decoration. Let's see how he holds up for future weeks and what other baking tools he has in his belt. But yeah, a very well-deserved star baker for Yanis, absolutely. Jane, thoughts from you as well? I hate to say it, but I agree with Dan, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think it was described as this is showstopper, utterly delicious, amazing job, love it for the colour, textures and bakes are delicious, can't fault it. So obviously we have to go on the judges to, to see what it tastes like and what the textures are. It did cut beautifully when they, they sliced through it. So I think if he was sort of... We were unsure about whether he was going to win going into the showstopper. I think that just clinched the deal. A well-deserved winner. I can't wait to see what he does once he really settles into that tent. I think he's going to be an amazing baker with some really great flavours. And with Star Baker, it means we do have to send somebody home. It feels so unfair to send somebody home when we've only had a week of seeing them. And unfortunately, that person was Will. Poor Will. Um, he had trouble with his Italian meringue buttercream. Bless him. I think, as we've said before, maybe the tent just got to him a little bit. Dan, poor Will, what do we think? Well, yes. So I'm not surprised. I have to say, I think Will did struggle this week. I think it's really hard decision for the judges really I think it's a hard decision for the judges because they have to choose someone on the basis of one week and I think what really sealed the deal for for Will is I think he seemed confused about some of the baking techniques he made some fairly simple 
or beginnery errors. So I think not only did he not do a great job, I think he maybe demonstrated that he didn't have all the technical knowledge required. So I think it was a fairly tight one, actually. But I think I think it was the right decision. I'm so sorry, Will, but I do think it was the right decision um, based on what we were shown in the programme. So, yeah, really sad. I always feel so awful for the people who go home in the first week because it doesn't mean they're bad bakers. It just means that they turned up and had a really bad day. All of us had a bad day at some point in that tent, but some of us got sent home and some of us didn't. And it sucks if you're the first one to get sent home. So many um, commiserations to you, Will, for going home, but well done for getting into the tent in the first place because it's such a huge achievement to even be there. So try and take that spirit with you. Um, uh, Job well done, but just not for you today, I'm afraid. Poor Will. I've always said, I think they shouldn't send anybody home in week one. They should just send two people home in week two uh, because it gives everybody a chance to settle and you you get to know them as a baker a bit more. You do huge amounts of work before going into the tent and then you just get to do one week. Um, But I think it I think it was the right decision. There were a couple of them I thought could go, uh, but Will didn't do really very well in all three of the challenges and I, I had hopes that his showstopper would pull him through but no sorry to see him go he seemed like a really lovely character um, and, and I always hate to say goodbye to any of them but I think it was the right decision this week absolutely well thank you both for joining me for our first episode back of our new season we have our first star baker our first elimination everything is all to play for and I very much look forward to seeing you again next week and hopefully we'll have the lovely Howard back with us and we can do episode two thank you for joining us guys just heard a stripped media production imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.